1: Great Canadian musician, Brian Adams. Awesome way to start the week. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show, and I'm the sports leader. TSN 1260, brought to you by PlayAlberta.ca, your digital home for online gambling, excitement, including casino, live dealer, lottery, instance, and sports betting. If you're a new player, go to PlayAlberta.ca and receive $50 when you use the promo code SPORTS50. The uh, weekend in sports did not disappoint. You had the Boston Celtics in a buzzer beater thriller defeat Miami. And tonight, the Celtics could become the first team in NBA history to trail 3 0 in a series and win. The first 150 teams lost. Celtics trying to become the first. To win. And hey, trust me, it's rare in the NHL. It's only happened four times out of two hundred. Dallas will look to see if they can become the fifth team in two hundred and one tries. There have been nine teams previous in NHL history that were down three nothing who were able to even push it to a game seven. So even the fact that, you know, a win tonight, that puts them in fairly rare category. Nine out of two hundred. Not very, uh, not very often that that happens, right? You've had teams like the uh, Maple Leafs, who uh, who won it back in nineteen forty two, the Islanders seventy five two thousand and ten Flyers, and the uh, two thousand and four th- two thousand fourteen LA Kings. They all came back to win. The uh, nineteen thirty nine Rangers, nineteen forty five Red Wings in the Cup final. The 75 Islanders, 2011 Blackhawks and 2011 Red Wings, all came back to force a game seven and lost. And I didn't, uh, if you thought you misheard it, the 1975 Islanders, yes. In the second round, over Pittsburgh, they trailed 3 nothing, came back and won the series. In the third round, they trailed 3 nothing, came back to tie the series before losing in seven. Could you imagine if they went back-to-back series? Unreal. They won eight games that year. When facing elimination. Crazy. And uh, obviously, a few years later, that's when they uh, started their run for four consecutive Stanley Cups. Dallas looking to be the 10th team tonight. They're on home ice. Only the 1945 Red Wings were able to come back and force a game seven on home ice. All the rest were on the road. So they started as kind of the underdog in the series, got it seven games and lost So. We will uh, see if the Stars can do it tonight. Jason Robertson has uh, awoken in this series. Jamie Ben returns. He's served his two-game suspension, and he will now play. you got to think he's fired up because there's no way he couldn't have felt bad about such a selfish play that he made. Impossible not to. That guy's got to be doing cartwheels. I would think that Ben's going to be fired up tonight, the Dallas Stars fans. Hoping to urge their team to a game seven, and selfishly, I don't have any vested interest in either team. I want a game seven, so let's go, stars tonight. We'll see if the uh, the Green Machine, kind of like the Celtics, can force a game seven. They'll be fun. They'll be entertaining. Speaking of entertaining, the uh, Edmonton Stingers have their home opener on Sunday, four o'clock start time, and if you haven't been. a CBL game, it might be a learning experience for you in what they call the uh, Elam, uh, Elam, excuse me, Uh, like the kicker, uh, the Elam ending. So what they do in the CBL is the first stoppage of play with four minutes to go. It happened to be at 3.51. So at that point, they put the clock down to zero. Time becomes irrelevant. There's no time left in the game. However, whatever the score is at that point, the team that's leading needs to score nine points. That's the total. So first team, and in this case, it was 73-57 for the Stingers over Calgary. They were up 16 points. So you have to get to 82. So they needed to score nine points. Calgary needed to score 25 to win. Calgary came back and won, 82-81. The uh, Stingers... Shot a lot of bricks to be honest, especially from the free throw line. It was that was tough, but I'll say it, it's a much better ending. There's not just an endless foul sending guys to the free throw line. There's not a bunch of timeouts. The game's a lot more quick and the fall. I like it. Now they put this rule in place last year, but it's the first time I've seen it live. Big fan. I, I think it really changes the game, and it just doesn't come into a. Uh, now we're going to foul a guy, send him to the line. Gets a little boring. So I quite liked it. Now, obviously, I think that was the uh, the biggest comeback in CEBL history when it came to the uh, Elam ending. No team had ever been up 16 and lost. So obviously that's not what the uh, Stingers wanted. But really good crowd. Really good atmosphere in the building. They gave away 1000 bucks cash. They gave away a lot of different things. It was fun. So uh, Wednesday night, you have to think that they will be fired up to get on the winning track. Also, uh, some of you went to the uh, Elks game on Saturday. Maybe you uh, watched it. Uh, Nilsson had the play-by-play online. The uh, Elks uh, lose at home. And like we said on Friday, you don't want to waste your home win in the preseason, do you? Probably not. There are some positives for sure. I'll say, um, now, obviously we are at Connor Halley's wedding. So I uh, didn't watch the whole game. Um, talked to some people. Um, uh, my buddy, who's a big football guy, was recording it uh, uh, for us so I could watch it a little bit later on. Uh, he was recording it offline. So a decent file, actually, that he sent to us. And the one thing I noticed, uh, the defense looks a lot faster. Than it has. Now, it's hard to get a real sense of anything because you basically took out your starters after a quarter. So not ideal. What it was it, three series for the starting offense? Right, Trey Ford, my question about Trey Ford as a backup is, can he throw the ball? He can run the ball. Can he throw the ball? But uh, I think the Elks will be more competitive than last. If they can somehow, I think if they win eight games, that's a good season. Now, they probably don't want to say that, but I'm saying a realistic expectation of the green and gold, if they, if they can win eight, if they if they're 500, I think that's a big win. It's a quarter I don't really know what they have yet in their quarterback. There's potentials there, but got to see it to believe it. So they don't they will will not pract- they well they'll practice, but they don't play until the uh, regular season begins because uh, they have the bye in the uh, final preseason week this coming weekend and then they will open up at home on Sunday, June 11th against the Saskatchewan Roughriders. We'll see. If anybody was at the game, uh, let me know if anybody uh, stood out the The Elks can run the ball, it looks like. They definitely can uh, run the ball. Hey, Gregor, I took the kids to the Stingers game. We'll be back for sure. The kids had a blast. I love how the targeted scoring works. Never seen it before from Redbeard. Yeah. You know what? I, I quite liked it. I, I think it changes it, and it's just too often basketball, the last five minutes, can literally take 30 minutes. It's terrible. So I'm uh, I'm a big fan of it for sure. Also, uh, some non-sporting talk today. Uh, For those of you who are Succession fans, the series finale was last night. We'll get into that uh, a little bit later on in the show. Ted Lasso series finale comes up on Wednesday. Two very, very different shows. There's lots of likable people in Ted Lasso. Not a whole lot of likable people in Succession. But you know, you could say makes the show good or bad. All depends. A little bit over the top at times. Uh, I don't know how many of us can relate to well, being raised and living in a billionaire family. I'm guessing not many of us. So, We'll see about that. Hey, Gregs, I think they call it target score time. Yeah, you're right. But the official one is the uh, Elam ending. But yes, the uh, target uh, score time is what they call it now. Um. I, I quite like it now. Obviously, I know the league's done it, but I just never seen it live. And obviously, I'd never seen a sixteen-point uh, differential erased. And my goodness, they could not. I think they missed four consecutive free throws at one point. It was ugly, ugly. Might have even been five. I think Clark might have hit his second one because he missed two. It was just brutal. And hey, free throws matter. And and it was interesting because. When Calgary went up 80-79, to Edmonton got the ball. And Edmonton didn't really want to get fouled at that point. That's where the fouling made sense, because now, even if they drain two, you get the possession. So it really changes the strategy somewhat. So I quite liked it. Finish around the uh, the basket probably in the first quarter is another thing the Stingers would say. Might have cost them the game. Uh, On the show today, we're also going to talk a little Edmonton Oilers. Of course, the uh, the off of the orders. There, there's lots of talk about, uh, um, you know, what's happening with the orders. What are some significant moves uh, they can make? You know, what what type of trades are realistic for them? I to me, the Yamamoto one, it, it because it just makes the most sense. Cleem Costin and Nick Bukestad are probably the two most intriguing offseason topics for me because. Can the orders in Clem Coston come to a contract agreement before June 30th? And the reason I say June 30th, because that's the deadline for qualifying offers. And in, if you qualify Clem Coston, he's going to file for arbitration. It's well within his rights. And because of the season he had, arbitrator, like, he could command around close to $2 bucks from an arbitrator. Edmonton doesn't want to pay him that much. Doesn't kill penalties. You know, we saw his limited minutes. I think they like a lot about him. But it's got to be the right price point. It's the same for Nick Bukestad. On a three-year deal, Nick Bukestad, would he be willing to sign 1.75? Would he do it? I don't know. In talking to Nick before he left, he really believes the Orders are a legit competitor for the next few seasons. Legit. He will come down though to the decision of does he want to stay in Edmonton and take less money? Because I think on the open market, on less competitive teams, he'll get more money. He's a six foot five, right shot center, can kill penalties, take face offs, solid five on five, can play wing if needed. He's versatile. But will he, after finally winning a playoff series, Will he view that as more important? That's going to be the question. Will he view that as more important? So we'll, uh, we'll get to that. Uh, Rashad will be by. Uh, Willie Ramirez we will talk, of course, uh, tonight's Vegas-Dallas game. Uh, Jared Weiss will uh, join us. Of course, we've got to focus on that history potentially making game tonight for the Boston Celtics. Could you imagine the ticket in Boston for that game? They're going to be going bananas. You have a chance to see uh, history. So uh, that should be fun. Talk uh, some more uh, basketball, uh, some succession. Brando, you are, uh, are you a succession guy? Do you watch the show? I am aware of its um, like the
0: plot and everything. I've never actually watched it. Most HBO programs, I wait until they are completely done and then I just binge them from season one to the very end that's what i did with game of
1: thrones that's what i'm doing now to start it with you Harry. never watched game of thrones at the same time as everybody you waited
0: uh the final season final season i did which is kind of disappointing because that season stunk so but uh, yeah it was until the it wasn't until the very end where i kind of was like this seems to be a pretty big deal i guess i should uh, drop in on it and see what's all the hubbub about
1: all right okay so well succession's a pretty good show it is it's very different for me i'm i'm trying to think of a show it would compare it to it's kind of hard can't think of one It just it has so many characters that are more unlikable than likable. Now, some people say, oh, I like good acting. Don't get me wrong. The acting's very good. I I think the character development's pretty solid about this finale, and we'll get into it later with Struds, is I think it stayed true to what the show was about. For me, anyway. When, you know, there sometimes people are looking for like this great wrap-up and everything's on a bow and it feels like I think people. I never understood why people are so mad about Game of Thrones. I'm like, how do you think they're going to wrap it up? It's it's hard to wrap up a show with a perfect bow, and I don't think they did that in succession. But I thought it was it was a pretty good ending. It stayed true to the characters, in uh, in what they were as uh, ruthless human beings. Some would say despicable at times, flawed for sure. So it was good. Hey guys, uh the orders will be crazy. To offer. Bukestad, 1.75, given our cap. He was caved in by Vegas, too slow. I would not do that. McLeod would be our best at 3C, and we should not spend that much on a fourth-line center. Well, he can be wing or center. I I, I agree with you, but it's not Nick Bukestad's fault that the coach didn't feel Ryan Nugent Hopkins could play second-line center. I don't don't blame Nick Bukestad. I I agree with you. I don't expect him to be in the top six. And that's where I think, of all the things the orders will learn, I think the head coach We'll look back and say, you know what? I'm going McDavid or Well, What's McDavid's line, uh, ride or die? And I think you, as a coach, have to do that as your one and two centers. If you want to go the odd time late in the game at certain shifts here or there, no problem. But I think the time has come to end where you have playoff games and key games where you're starting McDavid and Dreisaitl together. I don't see the need for it anymore. I really don't. Have the confidence that the rest of your team, give your other players the belief that they can contribute on those two lines. That's how I look at it. Uh, we'll return Ryan Rashog. Well, uh, Joyce, we've got a lot of texts. You can text us at 10 uh, 12 You can email us in our Jiffy Lube inbox. Jay at TSN twelve sixty dot C a. Roll through Monday afternoon. Edmonton sports leader, TSN 1260. A little rain on the west end. We need it. We need lots of it. So definitely uh, not complaining. You could use like a good two day soaker. Everybody. Then we move on. That would be nice. We shall see. Let's get to the Rashog report brought to you by Next Gen Transportation, heavy haul transport provider, 100% locally owned and. Operated and a huge sponsor of numerous youth Sports teams. Check them out at nextgentransportation.com. Brian Rashog joins us, and uh, Shogger. There's, we'll, we'll start with the orders, and we'll move to the uh, the NHL, Dallas and uh, Vegas. And you know, Connor Yamamoto's like the captain. Obvious move for the Edmonton Orders this off season, whether it's a, a trade before the draft or a potential buyout. I just I don't see any rhyme or reason in the cap world that uh, they're going to bring him back, especially when they want to be under. The eighty-three and a half million dollar cap that's projected right now. Um, where do you come out on on Dylan Holloway? And does the season have to start with him? Like, does he have to be given a legit shot in the top nine? Is that a must? Let's see if we can hear uh, a shock.
2: Sorry, I did the same thing again. Ah, there you go. Rashog's right,
1: phone. You hear me now? Yeah, phone one. Rashog zero.
2: I know. See, this is the problem. I was eating an apple, and while you put me on hold, I'm listening to all your commercials. I'm listening to the intro, and I'm chewing on my apple, so I hit mute in case you bring me on live, and then I'm not chewing like a horse. And then I just forgot to unmute myself. So basically, what I'm saying is it's your fault.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, just I so was, you know, you never come on until I actually introduce you.
2: Okay. Well, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I can just eat apple and not worry about it. That's right. Uh, yeah, on Holloway, yes, I do think, I mean, assuming he doesn't come in and completely drop the ball in camp, a la Broberg this year. But, yeah, he needs to be given an opportunity to play minutes. Um, They've got to figure out what they have with this guy, and they need to figure out. Uh, so I think what happens up front is um, if they can move Yamamoto and clear up the cap space, I think they go out and try and find somebody who uh, could maybe would more traditionally be figured like a third-line player. Established, but who has a history of putting some goals in, and see if they can bring somebody to compete with Kavi Yamamoto for that spot in the top six, and that you create this competition between he and you know player whoever, Um, somebody who maybe playing with skill like he's going to play with with McDavid and Drysaddle can kind of punch above his weight class a little bit. I think you look for a bargain deal, somebody to come in and and do that, and I think about like uh, Sonny Milano in Calgary last year, you know, coming off a 16 goal season or whatever it was, or. You know, I think I heard Gizola the other day mentioning Evan Rodriguez, uh, Rodriguez, or like there's there's those guys who are in that 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 goal range who aren't $3.5 million players who maybe can be in that 15, 17, 18, 20, 21, 22 range if they're playing with those guys. So I think you bargain hunt for somebody hoping that by the time the playoffs roll around, Dylan Holloway's firmly implanted in that role.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. I think... Um, Edmonton just, I don't believe, can be in a situation where he's playing nine minutes a night again. Um, if, If they feel he's not in their top nine, then just send him the minors and let him play
2: so you feel that's what they're going to do, or you feel that's what they should do? Because
1: no, that's what they should do. I don't know yeah. if they will do it. So though. what
2: do you think they will do, Bud? Because that's a different conversation. We don't I think I just, that they should have done what they did this year with him, for the most part.
1: I think they can start the season with him kind of penciled in as the third line. Now you got to earn it. You don't just get to say there, and you know it's twenty games in, and you haven't done anything. Well, we got to keep him there. No, I think they'll have depth. I think they will. They will look to have like. Keep in mind, like, clean Costin when they acquired him. You know they acquired him. He started in the minors, and you know some people are like, "Oh my goodness, they're freaking out." But they felt like he was a good depth player, and obviously turned out to be a very good depth player. They had Matthias Janmark start the season in the minors due to salary cap issues, but still, that's where he was. And then you look at the guys they recalled from the minors who made significant contributions to their team. So I think Edmonton's going to want to make sure that they will sign some veterans who they feel, you know what? Hey, this guy probably goes through waivers. It's different. Like Raphael Lavois won't clear waivers. I don't, yeah. I don't. Teams, when you make that little and you're that young, there's lots yeah. of bad teams. They'll say, oh, we'll take a chance on them. Yeah, Why not? Sure. So sure. you need so some older depth you, guys. Right? Yes.
2: So I think what will happen, I think Devin Shore can't get out of here fast enough. Not because he doesn't like it here, but because this coach won't play him. Um, I think Matias Janmark, they will try and re sign. I think Nick Buchstad, they'll say, hey, here's what your dollar is to stay there's going to be way more out there for you elsewhere, but here's your number if you want to stay here. And I think he'll probably go make some money somewhere else. I think it, I don't think the owners will be able to afford him in that role. Uh, I think Klim Kostin they uh, they'll sign. Um, and if they can get out from underneath Yamamoto's uh, number, then I think they can leave the blue line as is. But for anybody out there hunting on cap-friendly for free agent right-shot defensemen, I think you can kind of just shut that down right now. There's no I don't believe there's going to be a top four ad on the blue line between now and even the trade deadline, say. I think, I think closer to trade deadline is when they'll figure that out. I think, I think they're going to return largely what they had, and they'll feel fortunate if they can return most of what they had on the blue line.
1: Yeah, unless there's a trade for Cody Cece, I don't see a change on their blue line. I would agree with that wholeheartedly.
2: Um, well, I mean, but but think about that. Like, for what you pay Cody Cece and what he actually gives you, I know people sort of say, well, he's not a true top four or not a true... And, and fair, You make, but look what he makes. He's not paid like a top four defenseman. So for what they pay him and what he does, he's actually pretty good value, and what are you going to replace him with? What's the dollar figure for the value? Right? So I think you just... And if you look at the season that the Oilers had with Cody Ceci bearing being where he was, I could see the Oilers being perfectly fine returning Cody Ceci and this blue line the way it is and letting it ride. And then if they need to add something, they'll add something. But just kind of letting their buck here from the group. You know, there'll be some internal development with Dayarnay Bouchard probably develops a little bit if he can come back the way he was. I think they would be happy with that.
1: Ryan Rashog joins us, at Sports Editor TSN 1260. Uh, I would agree. Um, I, I think they're going to want to... I think they're going to replace Yamamoto. I think that's the obvious one. I just uh, His size isn't going to change, right? His but they're not
2: going to go find a top six forward to replace him with and pay $4 million. No,
1: no, I price. don't think you have to. I think you can go out and find lots of you know repl- guys that are a million and a half, $2 million yeah. players that can be complimentary <clears throat> top six forwards.
2: Yes, like we just talked about at the start of the segment, for sure. Yeah. That's the player you're looking for to compete... With Dylan Holloway for that role, because let's be honest if the orders move, Dil- or if they move Kyler Yamamoto and camp breaks, and it's time to put the top two lines together for game one of the regular season, who's really competing for that job, right? If they move Yamamoto and don't go out and get that player we're talking about, it's basically Dylan Holloway and who? Warren Fogel? Yep. So they need to put an offensive-minded veteran player who's a good, honest NHL player that can chip some goals in, they need to put someone in that spot and have Dylan Holloway beat them out over the course of the year.
1: Let's go to the uh, Western Conference final. The Dallas Stars, Jason Robertson, has uh, woken up in this series. He has awoken. And uh, Jamie Benn is coming off a two-game suspension. And I'll say this, Dallas in that game, I recorded and watched it Sunday morning it was out at Connor's wedding was Saturday night. And man, I thought Aiden Hill was the only reason that game was close. He made yeah. some huge stops. Dallas really <coughs> dominated, and Vegas head coach didn't mince any words. He was he was pretty clear that he felt his team played like garbage.
2: For sure. And listen, I'll, I'll full disclosure, I was moving Noah to Saskatoon this weekend, so I was very busy. Didn't see the game, but watched the extended highlight package and and certainly paid attention to everything. Listen, like, this is, this is happening, tonight's game, this is monstrous, and if, if this goes the wrong way tonight, all bets are off, man, for Game, for game 7. So I, I like seeing this stuff, man, and given I don't cheer for either team or any teams, I've, I'd love to see a Game 7 from a, from a 3 nothing start. So it'll be fascinating, the immense amount of pressure, immense amount of pressure on Vegas to shut this thing down tonight.
1: Oh, I don't think they will. I think this is going seven. This Dallas will become the 10th team in NHL history to force a game seven when trailing three games to zero.
2: Yeah, it'll be fun. We'll see. We'll see, right? What's Hill going to give them? Um, you know, like, you know, there's cracks in the armor there. You know, Ottinger had his cracks, too. He's had his, too, through the series. It's tough. I mean, it's a challenge for these guys. But we'll see which team can play as close to their top game as they can despite the pressure of the moment and that's uh, going to be fascinating to watch these guys do it like what's eichel going to do tonight how's that going to look
1: now what about mark stone he's got to yeah. show up he hasn't done very much at all since game one yeah.
2: i mean i do wonder about his health yeah you know maybe it's just simply gotten to be too much for him and as a guy who wanders the earth uh, generally not feeling great because of my back i probably have an inordinate amount of sympathy for him <laughs> compared to others <laughs>
1: No, that's Not fair. Fault, hey, well, Not and, and and I think hey, in Mark Stone's case, I you know, you, and A they are under the cap anyway if you look at the 20 uh, player roster. Yep. But but Mark Stone clearly was banged up. I never denied that he was injured. Do I think that they used the the curtain rules to their advantage and didn't bring him back a week early? 100%. But of course. There's, there's nothing against that. But if you look at it now, I I do think there's fatigue factor, wear and tear. Is starting to show because he hasn't been. Now maybe he just, you know what? Maybe he shows up and has a great game, but he hasn't done very much the last few games at all.
2: Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes tonight, and it'll be fascinating if there is a game seven because that's just a study in who plays well, who doesn't, who rises to that moment, who wilts, who you know, in in that kind of a situation, and we'll we'll learn some of that tonight too. But it'll be interesting, you know, Jamie Ben. It'll be like he, you know, gets shot out of a cannon tonight. But he can't be shot out of a cannon. He needs to just go play hard, stay within himself, and not be shot out of a cannon because that's when he can get on the wrong side of the line.
1: Oh, I think he's going to be highly motivated tonight. I would expect oh, yeah. Jamie Ben to be uh, to be very, very noticeable yeah. in tonight's game. I'd be uh, shocked if he wasn't. Shogar, have yourself uh, a good day. We will uh, chat with you. Too. Oh, by the way, do you watch Succession?
2: Of course I watched Succession.
1: And uh, what did you think of the season finale? Or series I thought, finale?
2: I thought they stuck the landing. And I think sometimes great shows have a hard time sticking the landing. And I think they did. I thought, they were very, I thought it was very good. No spoilers or anything coming from me. But I was gripped for the entire thing. No issue. You?
1: I thought they stayed very true to their characters. It oh, was yeah, it was 100%. pretty much like you know yep. I'm not good. I don't have to tell people what happened, but when it's done, you're just like okay. It Stayed
2: true to itself. Yeah. I agree. They stuck the landing, man. Often they'll overthink it. They'll this. They'll that. And it's like nope. They just yeah. They stayed true, and it was awesome. And uh, yeah, really, really good. See,
1: my wife and I we had a little bet. So we wrote down on paper what we thought was going to happen. Like who would, oh, yeah. who would end up in control. Yeah, and um, so uh, my wife was upset because because uh, I nailed it to who would be the uh, you know amongst the uh, I don't want to I can't I can't really yeah, say I'm but you know upset. who I, you know who I'm talking about. Yes, so. yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're was, talking uh, about. And uh, I, uh... is there any character like did you have a like did you like any of the characters like are their, their acting's great but was there one character that you actually liked on that show?
2: Um, I liked I really liked that guy that worked that was on the board. That kind of worked for the other company. The younger guy Stewie? with the beard. What's that? Stewie. Yeah, I liked Stewie. I liked his character. I thought he was just—he was just—I liked the way he was written, and he was cool. I really liked uh, Alexander Skarsgård's character um, here in the last two seasons. I think he was unique. But in terms of the core characters, uh, Logan was just out of control. Good. Just loved him. Loved his. Loved the way he played it. Loved the presence. Loved all of it. Out of control. Good.
1: All right. Who was yours? Who did you, you like? I'm not really sure. I liked any of them. Like I respected all of them, but there wasn't one character where I was like I was rooting for them. Like I kind they, of loathed
2: all of them. Oh, they're today. so
1: despicable at times, which makes the show good. Yeah. Right? And you're just like God. Ah, like um, I, I will say, I thought Kieran Calkin was was excellent as his character.
2: And his la- the last episode, he was spectacular. Into the yeah. last two episodes, he was really, really, really good. For yeah. Sure. Hey,
1: have you seen Chimp Empire?
2: Uh, No. (laughs) I'm not going to do it. I already sold Dusty down the river on that one. He he dedicated two hours of his life to it, and he's so pissed off at me on uh, my recommendation. He actually returned a recommendation to me, so I went and watched it. He did it out of spite. It was terrible. It was the Planet of the Apes with Mark Wahlberg, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. (laughs) And he admitted today he only recommended it because he was mad at me for my crappy recommendation, uh, which I think is in poor spirit.
1: Uh, You know what movie I actually watched on the weekend that I've never seen in my entire life? Taken. I watched it for the first time on the weekend. And now I see why. Like I'm like, oh, yeah, Taken was good. but I have a very particular set of skills. Yes, it created a a whole character of him. Because I had seen, I think I'd seen one of the other Taken. I might have seen Taken 2 before Taken 1 because people told me you didn't have to watch the first one. Yeah, And Taken 2, I was like, meh, I didn't really like it. And now I see, compared to Taken 1, it wasn't even close. Yeah, that's hilarious. So. Awesome. Well, Shagger, by the way, uh, happy birthday. Um, oh, thanks, man. What uh, What are you doing for your birthday? What do I got going on? Uh,
2: just did a little relaxing today, bit of work.
1: I, I hear you're uh, you getting a pedicure.
2: No. Oh. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I totally would do it. Um, but unless that's being given to me as a gift, I haven't heard. Is someone texting in right now saying I'm getting a pedicure?
1: No. Oh, but. okay
2: are you <laughs> no but i would i would do that i would do i'm not doing mm. it right now but i would i would yeah. like that as a gift and uh yeah some family friends it'll be uh, yeah it'll be a good night
1: mm, well good luck barbecuing so uh, enjoy that what's uh, <laughs> what to, do, like what do, do, you get, on do you have like a certain request that your wife makes you for your birthday like a cake or a dinner well tonight
2: was let's keep it really simple so we're just doing pizza tonight Oh. Because it's a pretty big number, family and such. And we just had a really long weekend uh, with the move. So I said, let's uh, have some family over, but let's keep it simple. And I love pizza. so well,
1: There you go. I'll enjoy your ham and pineapple.
2: All right. Thanks, buddy.
1: There you go. Ryan Rashaga, happy birthday. 53 today for Shager. It's amazing. Good for him. And uh, as his brothers say, his head keeps growing. I know they measured once, so I can't say for certain if it is or not. But we'll see. Still a note to this day. Remember when they 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 had their philosophy about water and they would put the head in the in the bucket and whoever had the bigger head would cause more water spill over. That was their scientific measuring. Probably have to ask pre-med study how accurate that is. Quick break. Uh, when we return History in the making. Will it happen? Will it intrigue you enough to watch? Next, The Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.com. Rolling right along, a busy Monday afternoon. Jason Gregor, Jason Strudwick is going to uh, join us at the uh, top of the hour. Brandon Douglas uh, in for Connor Halley, who is uh, still celebrating his wedding. He will join us on tomorrow's. Show. Let's get to the uh, basketball report brought to you by All Tech Supply Strength Through Distribution, the only Canadian owned Valve Master distributor that exclusively supports your local supply store. Go to alltechsupply.com Strength Through Distribution. As uh, Paul Sir joins us on the precipice of watching history. Paul, the uh, Boston Celtics have clawed their way back. It is now 3-3 in the NBA Eastern Conference Final, where the uh, Denver Nuggets are patiently waiting to see which team they will destroy in the final. But before then, (laughs) it's Boston and uh, Miami. And uh, honestly, Boston literally could not have... uh, taken more time to get the victory in Game 6, of course, uh, the the, uh, the buzzer beater, and they win that game. There's a little bit of controversy, although I like, you know, the, the NBA explained their thought process about the clock and why it was back. They moved it back to three seconds and, you know, made sense to me. But w- what's the biggest difference you've seen from Boston the last three games that weren't there in the first three games?
0: Well, first of all, they were hitting shots. Uh, of course, when the ball's going through the basket, everything else – Uh, Flows flows so much better, and I I think, though, to their credit, they really have figured out through these past three games, Jason, and how to guard Jimmy Butler and how to rattle him. I I think what we've seen from Butler is why people have never regarded him as a superstar, but as a a, as one of the better players in the league, definitely. But some of his limitations offensively have been exposed by the Boston defensive scheme of running people at him and uh, taking away some of the easy passes that he had in the first three games. So defense on Butler and uh, Boston hitting shots. But better ball movement, I think, is what you can credit for the for the Boston Celtics being able to hit the shots they, they've been able to make. Uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen uh, Brown both do a fantastic job of creating their own shots. But they also create shots for their teammates, and uh, teammates like uh, Marcus Smart have been starting to hit shots, too. So it's one of those things where you see a team, which I think everybody felt had superior talent over Miami, now is starting to hit on all cylinders. But uh, the ending to Game 6, was uh, that was something to behold, and uh, something that... Uh, I've never seen before, and to send it into Game 7, and as you rightly right, lightly state, they have the opportunity to make history tonight, to be the first team ever to come back from 3-0, three, three uh, that's, that's pretty exciting stuff.
1: Now, speaking of exciting, this just coming down, Nick Nurse has officially been named uh, the uh, head coach, or will be officially named the uh, head coach of the 76ers, according to uh, Adrian uh, Oginarski, the uh, NBA insider. Nick Nurse is going from a team that, that had a pretty strong culture when they won to a team in Philadelphia. Like if he can get the 76ers to win, if he can get Embiid and Harden to buy in, he'll be a miracle worker. Because to me that, that is the, the toughest job available. I think to maximize the potential of your superstars.
0: I would agree with you. Uh, I, and Maybe Nurse has something that will be agreeable with Embiid and Harden. Uh, Maybe, that big maybe. Now, one thing, though, that strikes me right off the bat, Jason, is one aspect of Nurse's uh, coaching this past year in particular that people have been critical of, myself included, is the fact that he encourages so much individual play as opposed to ball movement generating shots. And in Philadelphia, that is how they have to play because the ball has to be in James Harden's hands or Embiid's hands. And Embiid is not a great passer, but he is a a phenomenal scorer. So maybe Nurse's style of coaching will agree with their style of play. That's a big maybe. Good luck with the culture. Uh, Like you said, strong culture in Toronto. Doc Rivers, a, a, a veteran of note was not able to establish a a championship culture in Philadelphia. So Nurse has his work cut out for him, but you know what? He's going to make an awful lot of money in this experiment. So uh, Nick Nurse has definitely landed on his feet.
1: I'm curious what he'll do for coaching staff, because the Raptors now both coaches, right? Their head coach and their assistant coach are now coaching for other teams.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's going to have to assemble a, a whole new staff, of which you will have no problem finding people. Now the key will be, can he find people that will be able to work with these two very temperamental superstars uh, and, uh, and underachievers and how he is going to be able to, at times uh, in the past, for instance, with the Raptors, he came down pretty hard on, on players. And that was one of the criticisms of nurse is that behind closed doors, he was pretty hard on players and that, seem to rattle some of the modern day NBA players that are on the Toronto Raptors roster. I can't see Harden and Embiid uh, responding well to tough love, but maybe Nick will have to soften his edges and edges rather, and get uh, the type of assistance in that will be able to uh, handhold. And and, (laughs) I'm sorry for this Molly Cottle, the two superstars that uh, thus far haven't delivered the championship that the 76ers have been waiting for in the process.
1: Having watched the Celtics and the Heat, Paul, which one do you think has a better chance against the Nuggets? I'm gonna say neither, but I want you to tell me which one do you think has the best chance?
0: Unquestionably, Boston. Yeah, okay, it's kind of uh, uh, They have more talent. You know what I mean? Like, I just think Denver would carve up Miami. Like, what do they? Give, what would? What in the world would they do with Jokic uh, in Miami? Uh, uh, Bam Abadayo would give up eighty pounds. Uh, and three or four inches to Jokic, who, you know, just makes mincemeat out of everybody, including Joel, Joel Embiid, who called him a monster the other day. So when you know a guy equal in size and bulk calls Jokic a monster, I, I just can't see Bam being able to do anything with him. So uh, I think Boston, and, and you know what? I think Boston, if they're hitting on all cylinders, can win a couple of games from Denver. I, I'm like you. I would I would pick the Nuggets in, in six. Uh, but uh, because, again, uh, it's, it's, it's the fact that Boston's better in the post, you're not going to stop or really even slow down Jokic. He's going to do whatever he wants, it seems.
1: And, uh, Paul, before you let you go, is that the uh, Stingers' home opener? A uh, really good atmosphere, good crowd at the game. And uh, the Stingers uh, looked like they had the game uh, well in hand. I have to say, I love that rule. I know it came in last year, but, uh, man, I, I'd be very curious to see it in, in the NBA uh, how it changes in the final four minutes. Uh, there's not a, just an endless parade of fouls and timeouts. Uh, it, it, it goes well. I, I quite like it. Now, the uh, Stingers probably didn't like it yesterday because uh, they had, for those who don't know, so the in the, in the, uh, in the CBL, uh, once you get to the first stoppage, under four minutes to go, whatever the leading team has for points, now it's quickest to that point total plus nine. So they had 73. So it was first team to 82 wins. And at the time, it was seventy three fifty seven for Edmonton, up by sixteen. Looked like they were in control of the game, and then they uh, shot brick after brick from the uh, free throw line. Is like Struddy was out there shooting free throws for a second, and <laughs> and then they couldn't make any shots, and they ultimately lost the game. And like that's a brutal loss for the Stingers. That's a tough one.
0: That's a tough one. Uh, that that's one that that haunts you. Now it's early in the season. They don't have their complete team here, but. The Stingers are really going to have to have a short memory because Wednesday night they're playing Niagara again and they gutted it out in Calgary uh, the night before on Saturday, almost had, almost had the comeback, had the game well in hand yesterday, found a way to lose, but now they've got to regather and they've got to get their roster healthy and rested. This is a tough turnaround, Jason. I mean, a hero got off the plane just a few hours before we played uh, Brody Clark, 10 days before he played, was still playing in Poland, flew home, then drove across Canada to Edmonton, got out, and started playing again. Like, that's a tough transition. And I'm not making excuses for them. You still can make free – you still should make free throws. But uh, give Calgary Calgary the credit they deserve. Uh, They came back. They won. Now the Stingers, like I said, short memory, get ready for the next game, move on, get your uh, roster complete, healthy, move forward and boy I can't wait for these next games in uh in the uh the hangar because that is a great atmosphere and the place looks great with all the renos that they've done.
1: Oh yeah, it looks uh, it looks fantastic. Uh quite good. So um and now yeah. I, I look at the uh at, at them and you watch their defense and their offense and you know they they couldn't finish around the bucket early on, right? Like uh, you know they missed a lot of layups and different things like that, Paul. Are you expecting their finish to be better?
0: Oh, 100%. I, I don't think I don't think we should expect anything differently. I, like I said, I'm not going to make excuses for them, but I am going to look it right in the face. They 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 are t- a tired group of players trying to compete. Calgary didn't have that same dynamic. One of their players was still playing until recently, but most of the other guys were G League players, so they've had a bit of a break. So they were more, they were more rested. And they found a way to win. Now, the Stingers still should have pulled it off. But I I expect them to finish better. I expect them to shoot better. Adika Peter McNeely, who shoots the three really well, hasn't made a three in two games. That isn't going to continue for much longer. So I look for this Stingers team to be a good team once they get everything going in the direction that they want.
1: And lastly, Paul, any coach do you think is a good fit for the Raptors?
0: Oh, boy. Oh, that is a great question. Um, I have not given that any thought at all, Jason. Uh, if I if I were looking to coach the Raptors, I would be. Lo- if I were looking for a coach for the Raptors, there's a lot of factors because you're not only coaching the Raptors, you're also working with Messiah Jury. And I really don't know what he's looking for from a coach anymore. I thought I knew before, but the way he and Nurse and uh, Bobby Webster all kind of they seem of course when you win the NBA championship in 2019 it's a love fest but when things didn't go the way they wanted I really had a hard time gauging what uh, Messiah Jury was all about he was not making any moves uh he, he you know he's been kind of stagnant he's been kind of cryptic in what he wants so I I I'm kind of scrambling around thinking if there's any coach that's an obvious fit but right now I think it's more of what does Messiah Jury want from his coach, and what are the pieces he's going to give that coach to be successful with? Is Ant Bleed back? Are they really going to build around Scotty Barnes? Are they prepared to do something for Pascal Siakam? I, I just think there's so much in flux that goes beyond the coach with the Raptors right now that their future looks really cloudy, and that doesn't mean it can't be a good future, Jason, but right now it's just so cloudy. I really have no idea who to suggest that would come in, because I don't know what the team's going to look like.
1: All well, great stuff, man. Uh, we will chat in next week. Enjoy the game Sounds on Wednesday. Great. All right. Thanks so much. See you. There we go. It's a basketball report brought to you by All Tech Supply. Monday afternoon, we got uh, lots more uh, hockey talk, a little, a little succession. Many of you have uh, texted in your thoughts on the uh, season finale. We haven't given any spoilers. Cause, cause honestly, you'd, you'd have to go really in-depth to spoil it. If you're a fan of the show and you have yet to watch it, maybe you recorded it last night. I'll be surprised if you're disappointed. That's all I'll say. I'll be surprised if you're disappointed. If you're a fan of the show and knowing what the characters are about and who they are as people, which wasn't very good. Not the acting. The acting was great, but these just the characters are not, uh, not great people, which made the show entertaining. Let's get to a sports center update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling Home. The no payments, no interest for one year on your. AC units, stay cool all summer at LegacyHeating.ca.